You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me, as always, Harrison. Yo. Oh, I just did so bad on that intro. Like, I'm so out of season. That was my, my opening this season is, We're intro. preseason, dude. Like Preseason mode. We're, we're in the greatest shape of our life. I, uh, we're just, <laughs> just trying to get the technical skills worked I, out. I didn't, I didn't even get the joke in or get your full name. Uh, Harrison Crow. Uh, Harrison Crow's already said hello. Um, maybe we won't do jokes this year because I'm having a harder time thinking of them now. Uh, the more episodes that we do, um, we're back, sort of. I think uh, probably not weekly just yet, but <clears throat> you know we are here. Uh, we want to. We have a lot going on in this uh, Major League Soccer offseason, and I think that w- before it all got too much uh, to cover, uh, we, we were going to go ahead and, and, and just go ahead and do one now. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, welcome back, Harrison. Uh, did you have a, a fun and productive off season? Uh, I I don't know about productive. I was lazy. I and I very much appreciated the lazy. I even took like a month off Twitter. Yeah, that's right. That was true. And I could make fun of Giassi's artists as much as I wanted. You you, uh, you could. You did. You like didn't get any like recourse from me. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you a- know I wasn't on Twitter. I had no idea that you did that. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go back through and find those <laughs> tweets. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, we did kind of uh, well, like uh, towards the end of uh, <clears throat> last off season or last season, 2018. Uh, you know, things just kind of piled up for us. Unfortunately, we didn't get out the, the shows we wanted to. Um, if it if it makes you feel better, uh, our MLS Cup preview show would have just said Atlanta's going to win, and they did. So that is really all we need to say about that. Yeah, I mean, okay, but at the same time, there's there's some. It, it's cool to see that they they won. They built the the superior team. I think one of the better teams within MLS. Uh, I think if you ha- came in with a with a hot take that this was probably the best uh, iteration of an MLS team talent wise in MLS history, I think you'd be pretty close on the mark. Um, I, I, I really didn't like that when people were saying that about Toronto last year, um, just because I felt like there wasn't a substantial amount of evidence to back that up beside the fact that they won an MLS cup. And I think instead of historical amount of points at that time. Sure. Sure. And and I think the propensity aside from literally being the greatest team in MLS history, there wasn't a lot of it. Yes. You definitely hit some milestones, right? They hit some milestones and those are remarkable milestones. And you can, you can definitely say, wow, this was really cool that this happened. But at the same time, I, it, it becomes just one of those little, uh, superlatives that you attach onto every team that tends to win uh, something, and I, it gets really old really quick, especially when you have it in consecutive seasons. However, I do think Atlanta put together one amazing, amazing roster, and we'd be remiss if we didn't at least say that uh, coming into this show uh, for 2018. Well, you have said it. Um, let us put the th- ways of 2018 behind us, for that is the past. We have a future to look forward to. 2019, a whole new MLS Cup for Atlanta to win. 
Um, what is, um, uh, we got a lot. So what we're going to do here, I think is just, um, we're going to do some quick fire, uh, new stuff. Uh, just talk about things that are happening. Uh, kind of give some quick takes on it. We're going to move through a lot of this stuff quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, probably not going to be the, the in-depth analysis. There's not going to be a deep dive this, uh, th this time around, um, or start of the week cause there, there aren't any stats yet. Uh, but this is what we're going to do. So, uh, let's stick with Atlanta for a second. Um, Biggest news story, I think, so far this offseason. Pity Martinez is in. Um, no one's out. Uh, Atlanta currently have four designated players on their uh, roster. Uh, is Almiron going to get sold? Is Barco going to get sent out on loan? Is MLS just going to let them do whatever they want? These are all very, very good questions. Um, what, what, what are you thinking about this whole Pity Martinez situation, Harrison? I think that they're going to figure it out eventually and neither Barco goes on loan or Almiron goes to Napoli or wherever, you know, he's rumored to go uh, next week. <clears throat> yeah. So. so based on the zero minutes you've spent watching Pretty Martinez play, do you think that he can fill in this, this Almiron role or this, this Barco role? Is that going to be a big improvement? Yeah. Based on the zero minutes that I've seen him. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it, unequivocally. I, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's definitely a situation where it's Atlanta. So they probably got a good player and he's probably going to be fantastic and score like a thousand goals. Um, if there's like any question, it's just that, like, I don't know. Um, uh, anytime you bring in a DP, it's always rolling the dice again. So there's always a chance that something's not going to work out. I don't think that a lot of people would consider Barco to have been an unqualified success. Certainly. Um, you know, but if they continue to, to roll those sevens, um, you know, th they're going to be fine. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the other side of the coin is that Pitting Martinez is coming uh, off as a difference maker for a River Plate team that, you know, uh, did, had a really good season. So, uh, well, they had a really good team. Uh, and, you true. know, probably a significantly better team than just about any other in South America, um, which is not a tremendously different situation that he's coming into in Major League Soccer. Um, you know, I, there are some questions, I guess. You know, he's 25. If he's this, like, amazing, incredible all-world talent, like, what, what's he doing still at River Plate? What's he doing coming to MLS? Um, you know, he did win the South American Player of the Year, which in the past has gone to such luminaries as Juan Sebastian Verón and, and Neymar. But in recent years, uh, you know, Luan and Miguel Borja and Teofio Gutierrez. And if you're not familiar with those names, it's because they're not household names. So, um, I, again, it's Atlanta. He'll be great. They're going to win the MLS Cup and the Supporter Shield and probably CCL too. So all good. Uh, but they do have one more thing. Tata is out. He's on to Mexico. Frank DeBoer is in. Um, uh, is it going to be fine? It sounds like it's probably going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be fine. I think one <clears throat> really good thing is he still has that background in youth development, which Atlanta very much seems interested in developing, uh, even though they're going down and, and bring in uh, like South American youth, they seem very intent on trying to grow uh, players from their local surroundings. And so uh, that'll be really interesting to see how that affects, you know, uh, <clears throat> guys like Andrew Carlton, you know. Uh, yeah. And the good news so. is if they decide they don't want to do that, they don't have to because they'll just buy players. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, exa exactly. It's, it's, it's not it's, like. It's all just a novelty experiment at this point that they can do nothing but but pay dividends or, or not cause any uh, disaster for the team one way or the other. So Well, yeah, I mean, not? you also have George Bellow. I mean, he's going to be a difference maker. You know, they, they have Chris Goslin. You know, they, they, they have, you know, potential, uh, you know, like I said, uh, they have some internal options. Miles Robinson, who was drafted with the number two overall pick, you know, two years ago. Yeah. It, it, 
they have some options internally. They need to they need to show the ability to fill and backfill um, important positions and don't just turn to uh, you know um, that South American option because you have to you have to be successful in MLS. You have to have domestics that are going to produce for you. You or do. You don't. <laughs> they could just be Atlanta, <laughs> not doing that and being perfectly fine. Um, all right. Uh, Greg Berhalter officially hired. He's gone from our, our, our Major League Soccer. I know that, that you're a big admirer of Mr. Berhalter. There are many, many admirers of Greg Berhalter uh, out there in, in Major League Soccer land. Um, but now he is uh, the coach of all of us, our, our American team. And he has uh, match one game. We just saw last night a 3 to nothing victory over Panama's 20 through 31st best players, uh, which is good. Um, and putting even that aside, that that obvious caveat, uh, I think that there is a. Uh, it, it looked nice. It was. It was. It, was, it felt like a very uh, different kind of tactical setup. Uh, it looked like a little bit more mature, a little more nuanced, uh, and, and a lot of young players in there as well. So, uh, did you? Did you? Were you pleased with what you saw? I mean, you know, uh, it's one game, and, and anybody that it, whether it's a bad game or it's a good game, it's it's always always better to have a good game, right? Um, yes. But that being said, anybody that's trying to you know uh, synthesize uh, analysis off of one game and you know say this has far-reaching repercussions, I mean, probably not. Uh, it definitely gives us some insight into you know how Greg Berhalter is going to try to line up his team here and there. Um, but whether or not this is how he's going to do it every time out, I mean, that's only time is going to, you know, kind of reveal that after five, six games, I think we can probably start developing a little bit more of a, of a taste for where that's going. But mm -hmm. until then, mm -hmm. until we have a much larger pool of uh, data, I, I guess, to pull from, you're not going to really know what he's going to do. So it's really great to see some of the performances, really great to see some of the young players progress uh, yeah let's let's refrain from any type of grand sweeping uh analysis just yet yeah but as a soccer writer in this country uh i'm going to have to make grand sweeping analysis based on one game so yeah i guess that that is that is in your alley yeah that is true uh so uh porter or sorry burhalter out columbus staying in columbus we saved the crew hashtag and then they went and did this they are caleb porter um and his bez Bachenko. Um, I think I said that right. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, I don't know. I think it could work in, a, in an interesting way. I, I, I can see that, that sort of thing. I'm not a huge admirer of Mr. Porter, uh, but, but he has shown the ability to, uh, to produce, uh, on occasion, uh, as he did with Portland. Um, and it's definitely a new direction. So, uh, it, it's curious. Uh, do you think that that's going to be a, a good thing for them there? Well, they also hired Pat Onstat today as well for, to be oh, the okay. technical director. So <clears throat> there, there's definitely a lot of things they're having to rebuild and, and put pieces in with, uh, Greg Berhalter. Um, I'm kind of interested to see where Caleb Porter comes out because how he coached the Portland Timbers really wasn't reflective of like how he coached in past years, especially even with the U.S. Uh, uh, what was it U23s um, yeah. that he coached the Olympic yeah. team as well as you know his time there at Akron. It this kind of has a feeling that there's going to be more of probably more of a relationship between him and Tim. Uh, Bezbachinko than there probably was with Gavin Wilkinson who Gavin Wilkinson seems very much this is the way we're going to do it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, that's me. I don't have any relationship with Gavin Wilkinson. I don't know yeah. people that have relationships. That's me reading car- cards and tea leaves. He just um, texted me to say that you're wrong. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> it, it, there seemed to be, at least with Caleb Porter leaving, that he had less insight and less control over the roster that he wanted to deal with. And I think that you know ultimately reflected in his tactics. And I think that definitely had some uh, something to do with how he kind of chose to deploy people, right? So we might see a different version of Caleb Porter going forward. Um, I, 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 I'm remaining skeptical on on how he's going to implement that team and how that's going to follow, how that philosophy is going to follow Greg Berhalter. Yeah, well, we we shall see. Um, moving on, we've got DC United signed Lucas Rodriguez and have lost Yumil Assad. It looks like. I don't know anything about Lucas Rodriguez. I know that Yumil Assad was a good player for DC United, and if he is not able to be signed, they will miss him. And somebody in MLS should pick him up because I think he's a very interesting, um, if inconsistent, player. Um, but but do you have any thoughts on Lucas Rodriguez? No, I have zero. Uh, okay. same, same thing with Pity. I mean, he's probably a really good young player. Uh, Yamil Assad is definitely a loss for DC United. He wasn't uh, the impact player he was for Atlanta, but I think he kind of, I think he got unfair credit uh, play, uh, playing with both. Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Martinez and Almiron at different times and Hector Vialba. So um, DC United version of Yomil Assad was probably closer to what his true talent level is. And if that's the case, there's a lot, there's kind of a gluttony of talent, of attacking talent right now on that team. So, you know, uh, it's all still a loss, but at the same time, it's probably a, one that they can deal with. Um, they have other things that are probably bigger issues yeah um speaking of teams with issues the colorado rapids have been quite busy this offseason they've uh, acquired nicholas mosquita kai kamara diego rubio keegan rosenberry and benny fieldhaber to name a few uh harrison i'm gonna say it i think this team could win the 2013 mls cup <laughs> a little bit early for that but yeah they're they're an improved version of themselves and it's really good to see them going and spending uh money on resources that are proven commodities mm-hmm. um uh, keegan rosenberry for whatever reason really kind of had fallen out of grace with the union since uh over the last couple of years it's a little bit odd i don't know if there's just uh conflicting um uh personality issues between him and management, but there, there definitely seemed like this was going to be a positive move. I am a little bit worried about Kai Kamara and Benny Fellhaber. These guys uh, are kind of nearing the end of their career. I know last year, Fellhaber, I was really worried about the amount of time that he amount of minutes that were going to be put on his legs. Um, yeah. uh, this, this would be a concern of mine, especially going to Colorado and the impact of playing on the, at altitude. That being said, he's definitely a great talent. And if there's anyone that could help mentor um, someone like Kellen Acosta, I think Benny Fellhaber is a really good p- person for that. Um, yeah. And if that's what he's being brought in to do, I think that could be, that could be a huge, huge thing. Uh, that being said, uh, Diego Rubio, who's one of the younger pieces that they picked up um, in their three-way trade with the New England Revolution and and sending uh, Kellen Rowe out to sporting. Yeah, Rubio had a really... 
I don't want to say luck-driven year, but it, 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 he had just some things that just go right. And you know, it's always great when you just have things go right. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I would bank my team around things continuing to go right for Rubio. Um, yeah, I hope they do for his, for his sake and for Colorado, but man. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of why Kamara is there a little bit. I, I think those guys kind of hedge each other a little bit. Um, if there's any concerns, I I, I really I, I do like Rubio, but but you are right. I don't think he's going to score at the rate that he did last season. I don't think anybody can keep that up uh, over a long a long enough uh, you know timeline uh, on a bigger sample size. But uh, you know, Kai is just kind of a guy that, uh, and I really like Kai Kamara like a lot. Yeah. More I think than... you have to be a bad person not to like Kai Kamara from the outside. <laughs> but the people that don't seem to like Kai Kamara are everybody he's played with. Um, <laughs> this and is the, facts. <laughs> and this is a problem. And like I, I don't know how much of that is just rumor and uh, you know a, a stereotyping of him. But but it, it it does seem like he has left most bridges burnt wherever he goes. And uh, Colorado is not what I would call like a super stable environment. And so a, a, a volatile player like that could 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 unsettle things. Um, but again, Colorado aren't exactly in a position where they have a lot to lose. So, uh, you know, I, I applaud the effort and I hope to see Kai, um, you know, jumping higher uh, than ever before in the, uh, in the thin altitude or whatever. I don't know how physics or science works, but something like that. Um, and, and have another great year. Um, other color. Oh, uh, Tim Howard retiring. Uh, but not until the end of this year. I think it would be good if he had done that this year. But yeah, so here we go. That's kind of a that, uh, when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that is so great for them." And then it's like at the end of the year, and it's yep. like, "Oh, that sucks so much for them." <laughs> yeah. Um, someone we were talking to made a case to me that that Tim Howard was like legitimately the worst designated player in MLS history, and I, I thought that was a bit much, but not so far off that it wasn't worthy of a conversation. Um, just a tremendous waste of money for for very little uh very little in return um and, and i don't think he's even like been the marketing push that they were hoping either so uh you know it, it is what it is tim howard all-time great legend uh just just not great for the colorado rapids right now they, they need to be doing things looking with an eye to the future and not uh dragging someone through the through, through their uh you know uh, you uh, know, the, uh the other side of that coin is tour. they're not going to have a I don't think at this point in time they're going to spend. I mean, you know, Gashi came off the books this year and they're not going to replace him. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not great to be overpaying for what Tim Howard probably gives you at this stage. But at the same time, uh, they probably weren't going to use his designated player spot this year anyways. Um, not to say they shouldn't, right? Like they should mm-hmm. absolutely be actively trying but there's a difference between whether or not um, they can and whether or not they're going to be supported by, you know, the management there. And they might just be forced into having to not being able to use that regardless of whether Tim Howard's there or not. So, you know, um, you just kind of have to deal with it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, moving on towards the middle of the country, Houston, uh, DeMarcus Beasley <laughs> back again. DeMarcus Beasley will never die. Um, not only will he never die, he'll still be good. He'll be decent. He won't be a decent player, and he just will continue to be that way. Uh, he is our Iron Man, um, and uh, uh, this is the other side of the coin from Tim Howard because I'm just like, Tim, DeMarcus Beasley, just keep doing it. Just do it as long as you can possibly do it. If you're 52 and out there, I say give him Tam money. 
Um, I'm with you right there. Martello uh, Cologne. There we go. So um, uh, also with Houston, there are some very troubling rumors for fans of the Houston Dynamo. Albert Elise seems to want out. Um, not sure if that's where that's at at this point in time. Uh, needless to say, if Houston lost Albert Elise, that would be um, uh, the kind of blow that would be incredibly difficult to recover from. Um, you know, it, it's like, um, hmm, let me think. Uh, uh, you know that song Layla by by uh, Eric Clapton? Yes, I'm I'm, I'm quite familiar with that. Yeah, it, like Houston without Albert Elise is like that song Layla without the awesome piano outro. It just kind of sucks then. Um, Are you talking about like the live version? No, like the recorded version where it has that great piano part that, that ends the song and it makes oh, the whole okay, song gotcha. great. Okay. And if that wasn't there, it wouldn't be a very good song. Uh, all I'm saying is that without Albert Felice, Houston would be a lot less exciting of a team and very difficult. And it, Minotas, like that's still not completely settled yet either as far as I know. Like there's a lot of rumors troubling that, you know, uh, teams in Portugal are taking a look at him. So uh, Houston are kind of in a place where they – I think are making strides as a team, and I think to lose two players uh, like that or even just one of them would, would be a, a pretty big setback. I've really liked uh, – the one thing I did see during my little uh, absent uh, from uh, Twitter was the comparing Albert Elise in his time in MLS versus like Almiron and the bids mm. for Elise versus the bids for Almiron. Yeah. Uh, and, and just – it just goes to underlying exactly what I've been said basically all last year was Elise is so underwhelmingly uh, underrated um, and, and what you're going to get for him. If a team is able, I don't know why a team doesn't go in and just be like, here's $8 million, which Houston would be almost. They couldn't turn it down. Yeah, they couldn't. But at the same time, it's completely under what you would pay for Elise if Albert Elise was on Atlanta. Oh, um, I mean not only, I mean not just, if he were if he were Argentine instead of Honduran, he would be sold for for 20 million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't understand why teams why a team hasn't gone in from overseas and, and just scooped him up. I I don't understand why a team cuz originally I think he came on loan for, while Liga MXs, uh but yeah. I don't understand why a team like that, like, uh, you know, uh, and, and I'm not sure we'll talk about Kaku. Oh, yeah, Kaku's on the on the docket here. But He's I don't know why, uh, you know, yeah. why Club America hasn't just gone at him, right? Like that, <laughs> they could easily get. It's because we don't work for Club America. Not that we wouldn't. Club America, reach out to us on Twitter. Yeah, give us a call. Uh, okay, staying in Texas, Oscar Pereja has finally left Dallas. Um, he goes to Liga MX. Uh, a lot of changes at FC Dallas Harrison. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something here. I'm a little concerned about Football Club Dallas this year. I really like where this is going. Keep, keep going. I'm not saying that they're gonna be bad. I'm not saying they're gonna be like, you know, Orlando bad or Chicago bad. But they weren't. They, they've lost a lot. Okay, they've lost their head coach. They've lost um, their two best scorers from last year. Arudi is off to Montreal. Uh, Roland Lamar is just, I don't, I don't know, is he at Sin City? Did they, did they sign him again? I don't again? think that he's actually signed a contract with Okay, I, I hadn't heard about that either. And, and, you know, say what you will about Roland Lamar. I mean, he's, um, you know, he scored a lot of goals for him. He had a knack for being there. You got to get those in. Um, I don't know. It just seems like the team is going through a bit of a rebuilding phase this year, and that's nothing wrong with that. But, but I know that FC Dallas fans 
um, had kind of grown accustomed to competing. And, and I'm just not sure that they're going to quite be at that level and ready to go next year. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. I've never been right with a take about Dallas, and I don't intend to start now, but I'm going to continue to make them. Yeah, da- I, no, I'm kind of there with you. I think Dallas has, they, they definitely have an opportunity for a lot of their young players to come in. And and the, the truth is, we really don't know, you know, is uh, Jesus Ferreira ready to step into it? Is, you know, Paxton Pomichol finally going to take that step forward? Is he, is he finally ready? Um, there's just a lot of questions from the attacking realm. You know, defensively, they were really good last year. I expect them to continue to be really good. But at the same time, it's really... Uh, there's a lot of question marks when it comes to the attack. And, you know, Luchi Gonzalez has a lot to kind of figure it out. So, Yeah, and when you have, like, a personality like Oscar Pereja, who, you know, even more so than a coach and a good coach, which he was, uh, you know, is a sort of a cult of personality as well and, and, you know, kind of brought an entire... Uh, you know, poppy philosophy to the whole things. And uh, it was such a, a tremendous figure at that club. Um, you know, that's just a huge adjustment, no matter who you get to, to replace them. Like, uh, you know, even if it is somebody like from within the organization, like they've done, which is probably the right thing, um, you know, th- that can be bumpy. Uh, that, 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 that has been bumpy for teams in the past. So we'll, we'll just have to see. All I'm saying is that I'm not, um, I'm not buying stock in, in, in DC or, uh, in, in Dallas this, this year. was super unexpected too right like this kind of yeah. caught me off guard and I think it, yeah. I felt like it caught everybody off guard yeah um speaking of teams um <laughs> that's my segue here another soccer team football club Cincinnati brand new team that's the way we do things in major league soccer we just add new teams whenever we want to um so long as they pay us money so long as they pay money that's all that matters uh okay they have assembled let's um Oh, you've made a list for me. Thank you. Uh, they've assembled an interesting team so far. Uh, Greg Garza, Kendall Waston, Nick Hagland, Alvis Powell, Victor Uoa, Fatai Lache, Darren Maddox, Corbin Bone, Forrest Lasso, Blake Smith, Jilly McLaughlin, um, and draft pick Frankie Amaya. There's also that, uh, I can't remember his name. The the the, the Fernando Adi. <laughs> That's an important part. Uh, and then uh, there's the other Cynic back they have that was... Um, not Lasso, the guy they signed, the foreigner. I okay, it doesn't matter. Um, this roster looks very bottom heavy. Um, has kind of been the take on it, and I, I don't disagree. Um, they've made some trades. They made some interesting Specif- moves. specified bottom heavy. What What do you mean by bottom heavy? This seems defensively heavy. It seems okay. very like it seems good defensively. Not a lot of attacking options, and probably they're gonna need some attacking options to succeed at the sport of soccer. That's what I, I've heard about the sport. You know, I'm not a professional analyst. I'm not a professional scout. Um, but I do believe that having offensively talented players will, will help them a lot. And they do have Amaya. They do have Adi. Uh, but there's a lot of youth there. Um, I'm just surprised to see that thus far anyway, and there's still time, and they, they still have to add players. So they hopefully we'll see more of that uh, right now. I'm kind of wondering what the plan is based on what, what I've seen from this roster. I, I love it. I, I I won't spend too much on it because we'll have a actual podcast. You just love it because um, Darren Maddox is there. I love it because Darren Maddox is there and Corbin Bone is there. Those <laughs> I, I'm really, really excited that those two guys might get more than a thousand minutes. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, I we'll see. Uh, and I having the potential to... for Frankie Amaya, a guy that's five foot four, to start regularly for a, a, an MLS team uh, is. 
an American, it, it seems really exciting. Again, exciting. It could be, or it could be a disaster. We'll find it, out. It, it totally could uh, be. All right, uh, moving out west, the Los Angeles Galaxy uh, have hired Guillermo Barros Chaloto as manager. Um, that finally ends that whole saga. Um, but also, uh, Dennis DeClos, uh is uh, formerly of the Mexican Federation as a general manager. It seems like uh, LA Galaxy have realized that changes need to be made uh, at a sort of um, fundamental level uh, within the organization, and they're they're moving in that direction. It's been an underwhelming couple of years. Um, they've made a lot of terrible signings, and um, I don't know if they're going to have it all cleaned up for 2019. We'll have to see. Uh, I think they still have work to do there. They also currently have too many designated players, um, as Slotin, uh refused to play <laughs> for his charitable cut rate uh, again this season, and uh, certainly I don't blame him. Um, so uh, that's an interesting situation, but but things I think, if not this year, are looking forward and looking uh, looking looking good for the for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm demonstrably negative right now. I I really don't think that Guillermo Barrosclodo is basically going to rearrange more deck chairs. Um, I think that oh. he's going to be a, have an impact going into like 2020 and 2021, but yeah. this year is going to be a really tough year. And I feel like they might have hired him a year or yet hired that manager, you know, that impact manager um, mm-hmm. a year too early because That's... I don't feel they have the roster flexibility to play the way he wants to play or to play effectively. And they're going to, I don't think they're going to be good again. I, 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 they, barely missed out on the playoffs i get it uh they had a lot of injuries and a lot of things that set them back but they've done nothing to address what made them bad last year and that's true that's like how do you go an entire two months of your offseason and not try to fix that and, and i get it you know they're putting in decision makers to help affect that and that window's not over yet they're probably still uh, from all the rumors that we hear, they're they're trying to close those gaps, but man, ha- you're really starting from a negative position, and I'm not excessively excited about this LA Galaxy team, a team that should be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, you still got two Dos Santoses when you don't need either. Um, you know, you you've got Zlatan coming back and. I, I don't know that it'll be this year. I don't I don't know that it'll be next year. I don't even know that it'll happen while he's on LA's um, you know, payroll, but as you know, much as we refer to, to Zlatan as a god and a and a you know, superior to the rest of mortals, like he, he what is it that, that, that Doyle on says Father Time, uh, undefeated. Like he's yes. going to not be as good as he was at some point and at his age that could happen at any time, I guess is what I would say. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be this year. I would I would never bet against Slotin, and he certainly looked uh, well above the, the 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 standard for for Major League Soccer last year. So um, I, I totally uh, I'm behind them. You know, bringing him in again, paying him a lot of money, making sure he's there. Um, you know, he is the only face of that franchise um, at this point. And so, um, but but it, but it is just a situation where does what does that mean about the Santos brothers? Like, can you get rid of just one, or do you need to get rid of both? Uh, if you have to keep both the Santos brothers, that means you have to get rid of Alison Drini, who's really good actually, and they probably shouldn't get rid of. Um, and none of this fixes their defensive issues. So 
like I said, like you said uh, very, very well, there, there are a couple months left, and we have to assume that they're doing something, that they're not just uh, standing pat and, and, and waiting. But uh, uh, another team with some, some big question marks going forward, I guess, is what we're trying to say. So um, heading to the other big market, all the way to New York. We got some New York news. Kaku, he's done with the New York Red Bulls. Let me tell you something, Harrison. They didn't pay for his Ubers. They didn't pay for his furniture. The disrespect. And he wants so out. The stuff coming from agents, uh, MLS agents right now is it's hilarious. Just, it's amazing. Like the <laughs> quality so is so good. The so Gio, good. Uh, Giovinco's agent posting those pit, like <laughs> Google just pictures not, on his Instagram. Not in the Middle East. Definitely not in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm dying. But look, it's awesome that Kaku is forcing his way out of New York. I love it. I'm really sad for for the Red Bulls and the, the, their fans. This was supposed to be somebody that was that was going to be a long term figure at the club. That mm-hmm. apparently very much won't be the issue. Um, it, look, they haven't made a lot of off season changes. They they've done more to help cultivate that youth movement. Um, I don't think they're done. I still think there is one or two pieces that will be added to this team. That said, there is a reason to be a little bit skeptical about this uh, Red Bull season going in, uh, because just like what you said with with uh, Zlatan, and you wouldn't bet against him, BWP. I, I'm not going to bet against him. I love him to death, but uh, you know, eventually um, something's going to happen, and then eventually he's not going to continue to be that player just he's gotten better every single year he's been in MLS and and at a certain point in time at 35 years old or 34 you have to wonder when is that when is he going to hit that wall and he's just going to be as good as he is and that's all um that being said I'm not concerned about the New York Red Bulls Harrison and I'll tell you why because the New York Red Bulls always have somebody waiting in the wings Maybe they no they certainly seem year. to. Florian Velo is back from injury, and he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy, and everyone's gonna be like, "Man, Florian Velo is really good," and we're gonna be like, "Did we know he was really good?" And then people like me are gonna be like, "Yeah, I said he was really good last year," and then um, yeah, we're gonna feel real smart because we bet on the New York Red Bulls because you've always bet on the New York Red Bulls, Harrison, always. Are you you saying you always you always bet on red? Yes, <laughs> yes, even in roulette. Uh, uh, across town or across the state line, I suppose. David Villa, uh, David Villa, our man. I love that guy. I love that guy so much. Uh, he is gone from New York City Football Club. Um, and with him goes basically the identity of the New York City Football Club uh, for their first uh, few years of um, existence. Um, certainly, I think that, um, you know, they have still have very good players there, Maxi Morales, uh, but even more so, like Yanhel Herrera is gone. Um, I, I think when we had uh, Dummy Run on here last year, you know, he kind of talked about how it, there was a shift at some point last year where it became clear that, that Herrera was really the, the most key piece on that team um, rather than David Villa. Uh, so, you know, still good players. Tajiri Shradi's still there. Uh, you know, still a, a decent defensive setup. Uh, they signed a new kid. Um, they've got uh, Keaton Parks coming in, uh, who's somebody that, that I know that NYC fans are a little high on hype-wise. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that they are, they've still got, I think as an organization, you know, they've they've kind of been on the cusp um, of being an elite franchise. And I think that, that they are still waiting to make that leap. Um, and I don't know that they're quite ready for it yet. And I know that there are still a lot of uh, question marks surrounding, um, you know, Torrent as well. 
Yeah, it, having Ishmael Tarati there is, is is so great. And, and he was so, so good last year. Mm-hmm, if he mm-hmm. can take another step forward, be healthy, he's he's going to, everybody's going to, uh, maybe not to forget about David uh, David Villa, but it, it's it's definitely going to kind of shift, right? Uh, there will be that that evolution, as there should be. You know, any time you kind of lose your superstar, you kind of hope that there's some there's pieces there that kind of step in. And if not, NYC has the money to go and make something happen. They're not going to. I don't think they're a club that's going to continue to um, to fall down the ranks and oh, no. allow that yeah. to just be something that happens. They're going to fix it. So uh, I'm not too worried about them right now. Yeah. Uh, moving towards back to the center of the country here, we've got Minnesota um, adding Osvaldo Alonso, kind of a, uh, well, I mean, he's a Seattle Sounders legend. I mean, he was like the last remaining original Seattle Sounders, and he was part of that uh, whole very successful span that they've had since joining the league. Um, but more so than what that means for Seattle, which is probably not a ton, what, is it, what does this mean for Minnesota? Do they finally have somebody in, in the middle of the park, somebody that can kind of uh, marshal that defense and, and get that in shape. Well, I, I, what I love about this, and, and it's it's possible, it's possible that he's that player. But what I love about this is Minnesota is one of the few teams that could actually pay Ozzy what he wanted, and then yeah. additionally they could take a gamble on him because they needed to. Yeah. This is this yeah. was the best relation. This really was the best relationship for Ozzy to jump into. I know he explored a lot of different uh, opportunities, but really, I think that this was the best for him. They're going to put a lot of trust into him, and I think that he's. This is kind of going to be his team to to an extent. I know that there's you know Miguel Ibarra is still there. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that have a lot more longevity and probably a lot more in uh, roots in the community. But when it comes to this team itself. Ozzy kind of instantly um, changes that dynamic in that midfield. And yeah. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, me too. Good for Ozzy. Uh, we have here the Montreal Impact acquire Maxi Rudy. Yeah, I made a good Twitter joke about it, but that was about all I have to say about that. It just seems like another one of those trades Montreal always makes for one of those kind of like slightly above average MLS attackers, and he'll score like eight, nine goals, and then they'll move on from him. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right, uh, New England. Uh, Diego Fagundes wants out. This has been coming for years, and I hope he gets out because yeah. I like Diego Fagundes, and I don't care for the New England Revolution. No, agreed. This is uh, just kind of hilarious. It's a comedy yeah. of errors right now with that organization, and yeah. I, one day it's going to get fixed, but that one day isn't tomorrow. So yeah, um, Philadelphia dumped all their draft. Yeah, you did know Philadelphia dumped all their draft picks. Uh, in what I consider to be the most hilarious trade of uh, maybe MLS history, um, where they literally just gave all of them to Cincinnati for a little bit of gam. Um, I don't blame them. <laughs> I, it wasn't a great draft class this year, I don't think. Um, so it's it, just, it just it, it blows my mind because it, the draft pick doesn't cost you anything, right? Yeah. And so I, I get <laughs> the idea that they got something for nothing in their eyes, yeah. but at the same time. Really, none of those players were going to be. All of them were potentially very uh, low cost uh, as far as they, they were probably going to make league minimum, mm-hmm. and they had the potential to say, "Hey, here are five free tryouts full of talented Americans," and they're saying, "Nope, we already have all that we could handle uh, to shake a, to shake a stick at right now. We could use no more free talent," and that just blows my mind. 
But to be fair, you have to look at, I mean, like, their drafting has not gone well either over the past couple of years. You know, I, like, what does that their... say about your organization then? Well, maybe if you're not good at drafting, just stop drafting. Like, get 200K in GAM or whatever it is. <laughs> like, if you're not going to pick. And I mean, like, they had, like, a great, like, they picked Yara, who was supposed to be the next big thing. Nope. They had Rosenberry, who we thought was going to be the next big thing. And then I don't even know what happened. Yeah, Rosemary. but see, Yaro coming out of, like, high, coming out of college, he was like, no, I'm not going to be a fullback. And Philadelphia's like, he's going to be a fullback. Right. And everybody's like, well, how is this going to work out? <laughs> like, instantly, they've made active, like, information that we can find on the internet they've been negligent about and that's not even the current administration right like this is this is a new organization and no, i should say new organization They're, they have a new head of their organization general manager and they need to do better Look, as you said, if you're not going to draft well, you don't have the resources to invest in identifying who those talented players are, and you just want to take a check for it, fine. But to be like, oh, this is not worth our while, and to like make a show of it, what yeah. a bunch of crap. I mean, at least keep one just to be polite, right? I don't, I don't think you have to take one. You just don't have to be like, there's no talent there. Because it uh, makes you look bad when another team is going to either use your draft picks to ta to bring in somebody that it, you need. It. It's Cincinnati. They probably won't. You probably won't get killed this year by that. I don't know. Um, I just don't. I, I think I think it's a really bad optics for a team that still needs uh, and, and really prides itself on finding and utilizing domestic uh, domestic talent. Do you remember last year when you said some nice things about the Philadelphia Union on the show and they I, made a tweet with your quote on it? Do you think they're going to do that again with some of the things you just said? <laughs> Probably not. The Philadelphia <laughs> Union need to do better. Harrison Crow, American soccer announces. <laughs> I hope they do. Going uh, back out west, San Jose. Uh, we talked a little about this last year because it kind of happened before the end of the year. Uh, they do have a new head coach, Matthias Almeida. Um, that's exciting. They, Can they I just really say I'm I'm like so bought into this. Yeah, they seem really stoked about it. I guess he looks like a samurai too, which is cool. Um, you know, he he was well. He's all into the uh, the Bushido code, right? Yeah, and I love that. Like. I mean, if that works, like I think he's quoting it new... at press conferences, I, yeah, dude, I'm, that, I'm so into this. That sets a new precedent for uh, the MLS model. If this works, um, you know, it's San Jose. So there's still work to be done. Obviously, uh, I, I will just, you know, I don't have a ton to say that I don't think we said last year, which is this is exciting. This is a move in the right direction. It looks like um, here's hoping it works out for San Jose, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um Okay, what do we have here? For... Oh, SKC, uh, the other part of that trade, uh, they have Tank Ellen Rowe from New England, which they seem to, New England always seem to kind of just keep a death grip on him despite not wanting him. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's yeah. woefully underused at New England, and I think he's going to be wonderful in SKC system, and that, that's going to be a very, very strong um, acquisition for them. No, I mean, he's, he, look, Kellen Rowe has been, like, <laughs> egregiously uh, misplayed and underutilized, and it's so great to see him get out of New England. It yeah, is just it's so amazing. It's miraculous. I don't care that he ended up in uh, sporting. In fact, to be perfectly honest, my MLS like hat is like really fantastically excited about what this what this could do for his career. Um, yeah, it's like a one eighty. For I mean, you go for like a really rudderless, weirdly organized situation in New England where there's just like 
Brad Friedel's being weird and like who even knows what's going on with ownership and in that in that organization then you go to a place like SKC where there's a very clear goal there's a very clear system there's a very clear desire um, to, you know to to excel and and it seems like just a 180 shift for him. And I really hope that this is like the, the kind of career turnaround that I really feel like he deserves. 1000% agree. Uh, Vancouver. Finally. Hires Mark Dos Santos as their head coach. This was a glorious day for me, Harrison. Glorious day. Dude, you, you've been so, you've been on the Mark Dos Santos hype train f- probably since, since I've met you. Like <laughs> yes, this. Years. It, it really, honestly, since it's like I, I want to say the first thing you said to me when when we met at that pub was, yeah. "Hey, so have you heard about Mark DeSantos?" Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. Uh, this is my guy. This is my guy. I've been backing him for years. So if he does terrible, I'm going to be extremely depressed. Um, I don't think they're going to win MLS Cup or anything like that. But Vancouver finally made a change. I think they've got the absolute right man for that organization at the absolute right time. And I think that they're signing a lot of players from La Liga, and that's probably okay. Yeah, I mean, it's probably okay. I mean, at least they're not like second-rate Englishmen, um, which we've uh, pretty much established doesn't work. Uh, And they're not from Norway or some type of uh, country. You know, up in the Baltics that we, uh, we don't have any idea of, uh, it's fine. Um, I don't know he's the right coach for right now. I have no idea what's going on with that ownership. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think anyone else does. So I'm really hesitant about that. I am really excited about what he might try, though. He's going to be one of those guys that's like, hey, you know what? You know what sounds really good? Let's just use two defenders today. Yep. Let's let's throw seven in the attack and yeah. maybe put one person in the midfield. Ah, that yeah. should work. It could work. And, and um, he'll he'll come up with the, he'll come up. And I'm not saying like he's going to like it's going to be haphazard. I think he's very methodical. I think he thinks this out. I think he's very much somebody that's uh, that's cerebral in his attempts to defeat his opponents. So it, it, that's what I'm. That's more of what I'm getting at, and I think that's really exciting to me because he's going to try things that other managers are probably a little bit hesitant to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also in Canada, let's let's move aside here. Uh, so we got to run these down real real quick here to finish our our, our first show here. Uh, TFC. Lots of things are happening. Tons of things are happening. Uh, just real quick, they decided not to get Lucas Jansen, which is insane, uh, especially because Victor Vasquez got transferred out, which is a huge loss for them. Javinko, maybe, on his way out? I don't know. A lot of conflicting reports on that. Wouldn't shock me either way. Uh, Gregory Vanderwill and Greg Vanny got in a fight. Um, apparently, he's never playing for the club again. We haven't heard anything official about that yet. They signed Lawrence Simon, just kind of out of nowhere, uh, which, great. Uh, they fleeced. Um, Cincinnati uh, for a ton of stuff uh, in exchange for Nick Hagland, who is a you know good defender, but certainly not worth what they gave up, uh, including that first spot in the allocation order, which could be used on maybe Terrence Boyd, maybe. Uh, yeah, so all right, let me, let's go back to Nick Hagland real fast before we wrap this up. Right, Nick Hagland, if he can stay healthy, could be a legit impact central defender. The problem is. He can't stay healthy. I think that he has the, uh, uh, maybe not Walker Zimmerman, maybe like uh, uh, something between, you know, Matt Hedges and Daniel Starris 
I think he's kind of fits in there, which is a I, I, that might sound like criticism or, or maybe a, a, a slight uh, like kidney shot, but really I'm I'm being sincere in this. I think he's a really good defender. The problem is health, and if he ends up becoming that impact defender, it could justify the spending of the TAM. But um, yeah, that allocation spot and Terrence Boyd makes a lot of sense for TFC, especially um, if Javinko's on his way out. Um, Victor Vasquez, man, that's that's a huge blow as well. I know he has health problems, but that entire Toronto team has had health problems. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's mind-boggling that they decided not to go with Lucas Jansen. This team, I have no idea where they're going to be, where they're going to finish uh, yeah. in the Eastern Conference, but I think top five is lofty right now. Oh, and like they lost Bezpachenko. They brought in Alec Curtis. That's oh, a yeah. huge yeah, that's organizational true. shift. So yeah. it's uh, it's an odd time to be a TFC person at this moment, and uh, certainly last year was an unmitigated disaster. Um as far as everything went in Major League Soccer. So, um, the last six months have just been such a weird, tumultuous, place. yeah, let's say tumultuous. Um, so that's that, but we'll see. That's something we'll keep an eye on as the season kind of approaches to see if that settles at all. It could um, be worse, the, yeah, it could be worse. They could be the Chicago Fire, who are, I don't know, dumpster. Uh, Dumpster I don't fire. want to say it. It's so cliche now to call something a dumpster fire. <laughs> and it doesn't even approach the Chicago Fire's levels of uh, just incompetence and mismanagement. And it's like a landfill fire. It's like setting the rainforest on fire for no good reason. Like, that's how bad it is. It's it's it, Every time you think that they're kind of done... They just do worse. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Every time you think they've hit rock bottom, they're like, nope, there's still room. I don't. We can fit this in here. Okay. Alan Gordon, whatever, gone. Brandon Vincent retired. What? What? Brandon Vincent? The guy was young. The guy was promising. Like, he, the Chicago Fire disillusioned himself. Nine Christian months, Dean. nine months after appearing for the U.S. men's national team. Christian Dean retired. Another young player. I mean, youngish. I, I mean, just Matt Polster's gone. Jonathan Campbell traded to Seattle, which. Good for Seattle. That, Jonathan Gamble is a good player. Uh, they did manage to get Kapelhoff back, which was a relief, I think, to Chicago Fire fans because otherwise they wouldn't have had any defenders. Uh, Schweinsteiger still here, still still doing it. Probably going to play simultaneously center back, defensive midfielder, and attacking midfielder at the same time. I think that's the only way that that lineup even looks like it makes any sense. Um, Nikolic, uh, certainly a good player, but was a little bit lost without... Uh, the assist from David Akam last year. Now he's got to defend on Katai for that. Who I think is another good player, but just I, I don't I don't know. Uh, they had to convince Nikolic also to to stick around last year. Like he wanted to leave. I don't doubt that. I I, I, I mean, I'm yeah. going to be surprised if he's still around come come August. Yeah. Um, they signed a Polish guy, uh, Frankowski. Cool. Um, Marcel from Sporting. <laughs> yeah, Marcel from Sporting Portugal. Uh, they brought they, they bought David Ustad. Now they aren't taking that whole oh. contract on, so that's good. That's good because that contract is absurd. Uh, DC are still stuck with a lot of that, um, but it's David Ustad whose career has just gone from worse to worse to worse. And I don't. If that's their plan, I don't. If that's their plan, like that's that's worrying for them. 
Um, they got Grant Lillard still. They got Mihailovic. He just scored a goal for the United States men's national team. He looks good. So. Georgi Mihailovic. Uh, so I wanted to talk about him during when you brought it up earlier in the segment, but this felt a little bit better. He looked really, really exciting. Like uh, he did. He, he, did. he really did. He is him, and then you throw in the idea of Nikolic and Katai, and you know they went ahead and got this uh, Frankowski, who's also a winger. Maybe that front five isn't so bad. Maybe not. I mean that de- that defense is like last year was atrocious. I I don't think it gets better this year. Um, it, but it's 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 a little interesting. It's yeah. a little interesting. They've still got time, you know. Um, this isn't uh, okay. I said that about LA because LA has money. They are movers. They have shakers. Chicago doesn't have time. They don't have goodwill. They don't get the assumptions <laughs> that they're working. I know, I'm being I'm being serious. No, on the stage. that's fair. That's totally fair. That's L- totally fair. Let's look at their track record, right? Like, like they, he, I'm surprised Palmovich is still there. I mean, even if Chicago, I'm surprised he wanted who, to be there. Who, I, I don't think he wanted to. I, I just I, I honestly I think that they. I don't know how that worked. I don't understand how Nelson Rodriguez still has a job, except for that just no one else that's of some notoriety. It's like, who could we have that's better? No one, probably. So Probably no one. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of a situation where they're kind of married to each other um, and they're staying together, not necessarily for the kids, but for the taxes. This um, is just, and I've said this before, and I just get mad. This is such a disaster because this is your Chicago market. This is a huge market. This is an incredible sports market. And it could be a great soccer market, but they've got this, and it's just all so bad and it just makes me mad every time i think about it oh yeah no uh, i i feel very we have we have friends that are chicago fire fans and i i i, I actually don't like to talk soccer with them i yeah, i feel bad sad. talking soccer it's really sad um mike gorilla still doesn't have a contract harrison yeah what's up with that i know someone get him caleb porter making mistakes already that's right terrible terrible what about uh what about uh and we were asked a question today uh, we were, we did. We got we got one listener question, which means we have at least one listener or someone who thought about listening to our show this week. Uh, and that is from uh, the great uh, Portuguese data analyst man, uh, Tiago Esteval, uh, who asks, hey, Nani's being shopped around Major League Soccer teams. Uh, do you think that would be a good fit? And if so, wh- where do you think it would work? And I'll, I'm going to pitch this to you because I have a, I have a theory after that. I already have an insight to your theory, so I'm just going to skip over that, and I'll I'll allow you to broach that. Look, Mm -hmm. the question number one that I have is, is he still an impact-level player? I don't know, because I haven't seen him play since 2014. Right there with you. I am (laughs) right there with you. I I remember actually seeing uh, a year after he left Man United, and I don't even remember what year that is now. Um, I think it was like 2013. Yeah, so I want to say 2015, I saw him... And I was actually relatively surprised. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, I would have thought he would have dropped down. He still seemed, uh, I don't want to say fast, but he still had um, that quick first step uh, to beat a fullback. And then um, he cut inside and had a really good uh, assist on a on a goal. And that's just one individual moment, right? And I always yeah. criticize people from taking out of context one highlight um in a moment in time so can i say that in this case it's 
Nani's career is just a collection of those moments. That's like, probably fair. Subsisting him from year to year. He does like four or five of those per year. And everyone's just like, he's still got it. Give him more money. Um, yeah, I, he's 32. I did look that up. So, uh, you know, a, a little on the, the older side, but, but certainly far from done. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I And hear me out on this. I see there's teams that do need some wing help. One team specifically, and I, I, I don't want this to happen. However, I could see this being a thing. The Seattle Sounders have the need for uh, some assistance on the wing, not necessarily because they have a lack of uh, yeah. options, but they have a lack of quality options, right? Like, Bawana, yeah. is he ready to step up? Jordan Morris, is he fully healthy and ready to go? How's that going to work for him is on the outside? Winger. Victor Rodriguez has held, you know. So, it Henry Wingo, it makes sense from a Seattle perspective maybe to throw some money at uh, Nani, especially with them having some some potential holes. I don't think that that's something that they... I, did, I don't think that at all... That's not something that they're interested in. I yeah, think. I don't think so either. But that is one potential scenario, right? Like that right. That I think in some level could be manifested, but I, I'm not advocating for that in any way. All right. Are you ready? Because I've solved <sighs> All right, let's I do this. Solved let's this do this. A creative solution. I want to start off by saying I probably have an unusually high opinion of Nani because I watched him a lot back when he played for Manchester United in, in his day. Um, and I've seen him barely since then. So, like, if he's gotten terrible in the last four years, you know, then this whole idea is null and void. But assuming he's still reasonably good as he was back then, um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take him. And I'm going to put him on Sporting Kansas City, and I'm going to start him at striker. Now, here are some things that we know about Sporting Kansas City, Harrison. They love to shoot from distance. You know who's great at shooting from distance? Nani. See, he I thought to shoot from I, distance. I, okay. Okay, hang on. Peter Vermes likes to have a sort of rotating cast in his attack, players that can interchange. Nani would do that really well. He can go out in the wing, let someone else go inside, working with Johnny Russell and Salloway. Um, Felipe Gutierrez backing them up behind. I, I think this could work. I think this could be brilliant. I think this could be the master stroke that lets Sporting Kansas City conquer MLS and possibly the world. You know who's who also is really good at shooting from distance? Who? Lovell Palmer. <laughs> Just saying, throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe it won't work. But that's my idea, uh, 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 Tiago. So um, I will try to set this up if you want to get that going. Um, I have no contacts please, with Sporting Kansas please City. Please, God, no. They already but have I Nemeth. Will. I don't. I don't. I don't see how they can. Yeah, think of him as like a better Nemeth. Like that's a great example. Like what if better? he was good? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like on. for like. Come on, he's probably better than Nemeth. Come on. No. Close down the show, bud. All right. That's it. We did it. The American Soccer Analysis Show is back. Um, I want to give a shout out uh, to my frequent co-host and friend Harrison Crow. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Um, we have a new producer, a new editor um, that's going to be taking over this season. So if you think things sound better, um, don't don't tell me because it'll hurt my feelings. Um, but if you think they sound worse, do tell me because then I can criticize Casey, and that's something I, I hope to be able to do this season. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, at really the else to- Casey McLean. 
at the Casey McLean, part of this Cascadia. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, th that is it. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be back next week or the week after. We don't have anything scheduled out like that. Probably maybe when we just get another big news dump before, um, before like, uh, you know, before the season. Uh, certainly once uh, MLS restarts, we'll be back on our regular weekly schedule, bringing you all the best takes, and, uh, insights, and uh, probably some stats when we got stats to talk about. Uh, so we look forward to that. Thank you so, so much for listening. Make sure to follow American Soccer Analysis at Analysis Evolved and visit our website www.americansocceranalysis.com Hey guys, you know what time of the year it is? Season preview time. We've got every team that's going to be covered uh, by one of our very talented writers and also me. Um, so be sure to check those out. Um, and until then, enjoy the soccer. Enjoy the soccer.